Hello, I'm Luca De Giglio, and this is the Web3 in Travel podcast, where you can learn about crypto, blockchain, and how the new internet will change travel. I'm recording this um, a bit less than a week after the Web3 in Travel Summit we had in Porto last Wednesday. Today is a Tuesday. So I had the time to reflect on on how it went. And I think this deserves uh, an episode because it's been the first um, conference about travel uh, solely focused on on Web3. So it has an historical meaning, especially if my thesis proves true, which is like everything is going to move on Web3 or maybe... We can say this in a different way. The web is becoming web tree. And so it's going to drop the tree and it's going to just stay the web, but with the ownership um, capabilities. So in the future, every conference in the world about travel is going to be about web tree. It's like today, any conference in travel is more or less about the internet. Everything is running on the internet, right? So how did it go? Uh, in short, it went really, really well. Um, extremely satisfied with the result. Mm, also because the expectations were not that high, to be honest. We we had a trouble selling tickets. We didn't sell many until the last couple of days. So we were actually worried that we, we had people flying in from other countries to speak. And then it turned out also to, to simply listen and we will give them um, especially to the speakers, uh, not not a big audience. Now, the audience wasn't big at the end. I think we reached maximum 35 people in the day, but it was a great number for, for the room. So it didn't feel empty. It felt more like a, a small classroom with very interested people. And uh, yeah, the, the vibe was great, in my opinion. Of course, I am biased. I was talking almost all the time and so I was kind of pumped up but uh, the way people presented and the way people reacted was honestly um, refreshing I mean we were talking about stuff which was really interesting for for all of us I I hadn't had the time yet to get feedback like in a more formal way but just by talking around and, and getting feedback from other people uh, it really, it really was was a great event. It was a rainy day. It certainly helped. Uh, maybe some people who were attending the conference the next day, the Vacation Rental Warden Summit, decided actually to spend the day inside with us. Uh, but I would say only fifty percent of people there were actually there for the conference the next day. Uh, some people flew in from UK, from Barcelona. And from other countries, so that also that, that added a lot of feeling of responsibility. You know, if somebody flies in just for your conference, you really want them to be satisfied with, with the content. So maybe um, a way to structure this episode is to see and to talk about each and every speaker, and then other things will pop pop in my mind. So we had the the opening with Antonio Bortolotti, the the host of the Vacation Rental World Summit, who explained why he, he decided to kind of partner with us. And this is explained better in a YouTube interview or chat I had with him 
before the conference. Our first speaker was Vincent Samson from Winding Tree, who explained the Win.so platform. So I'm not going to redo the whole speech, but he explained that in, in a pretty clear way. He actually gave a whole overview of the why and the how. Then we had Mafalda Arica from Explora. This is a, a startup from Porto who is already running, is already part of a bigger um, group of, of startups in the ecosystem. And they are uh, one of those companies who are trying to incorporate Web3 elements in a Web2 startup. So it was also interesting to listen what she had to say because these... Um, Upgrade from Web 2 to Web 3 is going to be very common in the following years. Now, uh, something I have to be clear about. I was basically organizing this conference. I was sitting at the table on the stage all the time. So I couldn't really focus 100% on what people were talking about. So uh, I'm going to re-listen the videos and I'm going to watch the videos we, we, we did. And I'm going to have a better idea of, of their pitches. Um, so I'm not going to go too deep into what has been said, but you know, Mafalda was uh, basically explaining why NFTs and other Web3 primitives uh, make sense to them. And it's going to be interesting to, to follow their journey into this uh, upgrade. Then I took the stage and I presented the existing travel, Web3 travel projects, basically um, Travala, D-Travel. Lockchain and Camino. The travel was supposed to come, but they couldn't come at the last minute. So I, I replaced this with uh, with an explanation of what they're doing. Of course, in 20 minutes, you cannot really uh, talk about any of these projects in deep. So I gave my quick overview over them, and that's always a delicate thing to do because you know you don't want to be uh, you want to be objective because what you want to give is the the closest approximation to the truth about what what these projects are, but at the same time is, is my own interpretation. So it's always delicate to talk about other people, uh, other people's projects, um, also because they're kind of competitors, or at least they think that they are competitors with Trips community. I don't think they are, um, but still, um, they are not sponsors, so you don't talk to them, don't talk about them in the best possible way, and this is a good thing, um, and they are not in my opinion, competitors or enemies, so you don't play them down. You try to be objective, but it's impossible to be objective 100% because all these projects are at the beginning of a long journey and we don't know how it's going to go. Like one thing I said about Camino after the four episodes is like I'm not convinced that we need a travel-focused uh, layer one, but... You know, I could be proved wrong. I've been wrong so many times in the past about crypto stuff that maybe in a few years, uh, all travel runs on one blockchain, which is Camino. And so whatever I say, you have to take it with a grain of salt. I'm just trying to kind of interpret the, the, the moment, today's moment, and what's going to happen in the future, which is basically impossible. So then we had our first uh, panel and that was fun because um, I don't think it, this happens a lot a lot in, in conferences 
Uh, I invited on stage uh, one person who was not supposed to talk. I didn't even know if he was going to be there. This is Sebastien Grosjean, a French guy from Smiley, uh, which is a PMS, property management system in the vacation rental industry, completely Web2. But I know Sebastien is very technical and he has this rare knowledge also about Web3. So I, I wanted someone who knew about Web3, Web3 but wasn't like starry eyed it was more like of a skeptical i didn't know his position i knew he, he wasn't a you know a crypto bro uh which is good and i think the the discussion which came out of it was was really interesting i was part of the panel and richard volton is uh, like a, a guru in the vacation rental world he's been there for a long time and he also knows about blockchains a lot um so we had I can't even remember now. We had Clement from Cleros on stage. Uh, we had maybe Antonio from Tachyon. And I'm not sure we had anybody else. So, yeah, you see, it's, it's a bit blurred. But anyway, the panel, I think it was, it was really interesting. The subject was, is Web3 in travel inevitable or just a fad? And I don't know if we answered that question. Probably not. We just talk generally about things, but very high level, very to the point discussions. Um, also, nobody was afraid to pull any punches. I don't know if you say like this in English, but nobody was afraid to say what they think. It was very um, non-politically correct in a way. Nobody was afraid to offend anybody else. And I think this in crypto is really important. I mean, people have to be have to feel they, they can say whatever they want. Now, I'm not saying we were politically correct. It was not politics at all. But uh, people said what they thought, um, and and that's the only way to get a panel which is actually not boring. Because panels tend to be, in my opinion, pretty boring, uh, especially when people think because they are on the stage they have to be extra polite. And no, I mean in a way the public wants blood. The public the public wants people to speak their mind and and call out if somebody is saying BS. And so I think we we accomplished that. Well, then we already had a lunch. Uh, during the, the lunch, we said, anybody who wants a wallet, please come to the stage. And so a couple of people came and not me, but Valerio, one of the guys from Trip, helped uh, a couple of people installing a wallet. And that quickly turned into a Web3 personalized lesson. So basically, Valerio spent the whole time explaining basics. But that gave us the, the feeling that, you know, People who are not in Web3 and who are interested, they need more than that. They, they need a, a really in-depth workshop. So we're going to learn this for, for future conferences. Maybe we can do uh, workshops which are dedicated to people who are actually not in Web3 at all. Uh, or maybe something hybrid but like this time, but maybe with more time for the basics. Which is always hard because if you have people already advanced, that would feel like a waste of time. So we'll see. But that, that was interesting to see. And then we had Clement from Cleros. Clement flew in, and I was sorry about that. He flew in from Berlin because there was the EAT Berlin Ethereum conference right during the merge. So he missed a few merge parties. Uh, actually, he flew back the next day when the merge was happening. The, the merge turned out to happen at about 5 o'clock in the morning six o'clock in the morning in Portugal time and he was flying like four o'clock or something. So I guess Clement got this merge 
moment while he was on the air. And he came just for the conference. Then I spoke again and I spoke about NFTs as uh, Web3 marketing tools for the travel industry. And, you know, I talked about the, the, the logic of NFTs for travel industry, our experiments, um, the experiments that this consultant Federico Nati is doing in Tuscany. He was able to get hotels on board and, and those hotels actually are accepting traveler loot. NFTs, leader traveler NFTs, uh, trips, um, and, and a whole you know set of instruments we we kind of released in the market during our experiments, uh, and I think that deserved a mention because he's doing a lot of uh, equals and beta tests, and he made already five or six. So we talked about that too, and it's really nice to see that somebody is using these these tools to experiment. Um, again, again, we are all experimenting here. Then we were supposed to have uh, an open mic moment in which open microphone moment where people could actually talk, but we ran out, ran a bit late. Also because during the other speeches, it was very interactive and people were, were asking even during the speeches. Normally it doesn't happen, right? You let the speaker speak and then questions come, but we try to make it more interactive. Uh, and so people actually ask questions and when you ask questions, it can go really longer than planned. Um, and after that, so we had Takion, Antonio Picozzi from Takion, the first travel exchange, transforming bookings into resellable NFTs. And in short, they are not trying to make people buy NFTs for booking. They let people do their bookings in the normal way. And then to give an option to say, okay, you made a booking with you know whatever system you used. Do you want this to be an NFT so you can resell it later? So it's it, they insert the NFT at the end of the of the booking process which kind of makes sense and i got feedback from other people they, they found this approach uh, really interesting and then we started with the workshops uh, so people took out their computers their pens their their books and first Takion, this time with his uh, uh, colleague vincenzo Borlacorso, he taught how to create and sell a Takion nftt which is nft for travel then Vicent from Tree came back on stage to teach how to book on Win.so. And that's when we found out that um, Winso or Tree basically came back a little bit on the decentralization ladder. So you have to imagine this uh, line on the left side is completely centralized. On the right end is completely decentralized. And they came back a little bit toward the left uh, because they centralized a part of it. They, they centralized the part in which uh, the hotels deal with their platform. So if you are a hotel, you don't have to get a wallet. Uh, you're going to get fiat money uh, through a vir virtual card. So they tried to make it as easy as possible for hotels. And this comes from the experience they had in these last months trying to onboard hotels they probably realized it's too much for them to to get a wallet and to learn to manage a wallet just for an experiment. And so they, they basically decided, let's make it easy for them. We centralize that part. Plus, hotels are comfortable with centralized systems. While on the other side, the, the user, the guest, has to have a wallet. So he's a Web3 user. Um, I, again, I, I wasn't able to follow very um, closely, the question is in these cases when you centralize a bit, it's like 
what is the real advantage for for the user and i'm gonna have to look again uh, i'm gonna have to look at the video to understand better but this move proves one of the core concepts i i repeated often in in, in this podcast if you want to have results today you have to centralize parts you have to make it easy or let's use another term you have to give people a login and password interface no wallet interface because people are there people are in web 2 you want to give them a solution today it's login and password which means centralized there's no way around it unless you have a protocol which is niche and can be used by web3 guests and web3 hospitality providers and at the same time when you do that well you are centralizing with all the um, cascade effect of a centralized system and again as i was saying the one who finds the right balance today if this balance can indeed be found will be successful today or next year or whatever i personally enjoy more like i prefer to wait for when there's enough critical mass but this is me we are not a you know trips community is not a startup we are not trying to get results today we didn't get an investment everybody is you know earning money out of trips community so we have this um this different approach than uh, a much less concrete approach is much more experimental we, we we are like a lab at the moment and uh, yeah we're waiting for, for the right moment but other other projects don't have this this approach they want to uh, solve problems today and so they do as everybody else has done before as Stravala did the travel is trying to do um uh, lock trip and and now winzo win.so2 okay win.so uh, by talking to maxim is much more uh decentralized uh, aligned with the ideology or like the, the idea of decentralization so this is a for them i think is a moment in which they say okay nice great but let's do something useful today and i find this uh, experiments very useful like, again we're not gonna solve any problem if you wait for everybody to have a wallet it's gonna take a long time and as i was saying in another episode 100 wallet penetration for how wallets are made today is impossible maybe even 50 percent is a lot so yeah as every experiment in this space is gonna teach us something so it's it's okay then we had clement back on stage and Clement did with the one which is arguably the the most interesting uh in my opinion uh workshop so he gave everybody a wallet um basically a wallet with already some test money in it uh that were test pnk so the token of Clarus, but in a, on a test net and the way he did it i have to admit i learned something i didn't know that so um it told people to import a wallet in their MetaMask. And as far as I know, you cannot import seed phrase in an existing wallet. It turns out you can import a private key. So if you have MetaMask and you actually, it's right front in your eyes. I never realized that. There's, there's written import wallet. And if you click that and you paste a private key, not in the form of seed phrases, but in the form of private keys, it actually imports a wallet. Now, two things to be said. First, reminding that a, a seed phrase is, is a private key which has been, is going through an algorithm which makes it readable. It's a B, BIP32, I think, um, protocol, which makes you know, 12 or 24, word, 24 words 
out of the private key, but the, the real deal is the private key, right? So private key, seed words is basically the same thing, but probably seed words lose some kind of property which make them not importable uh, while in, a, in an existing wallet or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it turns out you can import private keys. The other thing is don't play with these at home in the sense that if you start importing private keys in an existing MetaMask, it gets messy with the accounts. Uh, I won't say more than that because this is not the you know the main subject of this, this episode, but it was good to be done as an experiment on a testnet. Don't play with this stuff too much. Actually, when you, when you import um, or you attach your hardware wallet to an existing MetaMask, that's what you're doing. You have new accounts, but and they are clearly marked as Trezor or, or Ledger or whatever. But yeah, so anyway, Clemon um, gave these fake tokens and everybody was, was a juror. So somebody who can judge a case. And then he outlined these cases, um, like for instance, some person booked a place and the internet didn't work. And it turned out that the internet didn't work because it didn't work in the old that part of the city. So people were able to kind of vote on this uh, using the Claros platform. That should have taken at least an hour or, or a couple of hours to, to, to be done properly. So we were kind of running through it. But it was a real world example of how we can um, try to give the same service as a, an Airbnb resolution center without the company, just with a protocol. And to be clear, yeah, Claros is a company, but it's offering a protocol. So Claros is offering offering something which, uh, even if Claros disappears, it's still gonna work, um, and is offering a service in which Claros doesn't have a saying in the decision, right? So very interesting subject. We've been thinking about this thing forever. It's even in our white paper from 2017. It hasn't happened yet, but it's it's you know slowly getting there, and I find this one of the most interesting aspects of web3 basically dispute resolution um, with a mix of protocol and people actually judging the the case and uh yeah i did a few a couple of other um, speeches but very very quick speeches on, on on basic concepts like the centralization versus centralization and then we ended up the day with with the last uh, um, oh oh yeah i forgot no because this is not on the list so there were a couple of guys who flew in from London. And just before starting the conference in the morning, um, I talked to everybody and, and it turns out these guys are doing something related to Web3 and travel is like a um, trip advisor on Web3. And uh, I said, hey, guys, why don't you talk? And I had left some wiggle room in the conference exactly for these kinds. Of, you know, I wanted to be flexible and to be able to react to uh, whatever happened on the terrain on dur during the conference. And so I, I they were on stage. They had their website or even the slides. I can't remember. Yeah, they had some slides. And they presented their, their project. And that, that was fun because I've never seen a conference uh, where somebody just pops on stage from, from just from the public. And uh, yeah, that, that was interesting. And they were invited also. Oh, one of them was invited on the next panel. And the title was The Main Challenges on Educating and Onboarding Industry Professionals to Web3 and How to Overcome Them. And we had a, a nice discussion about that. And that was it. The day was gone really, really quick. 
And yeah, at the end, I couldn't believe how smoothly it went. I felt really um, relaxed, even if I was on stage trying to run operations. I, I was the guy running the, the slides on the computer. Maybe next time we, we're going to try to you know, organize this a bit better. But the guys from Trips who were there, there were, I think, six of us. They were really helpful behind the scenes, uh, you know, passing the, the microphone, organizing the coffee. Uh, checking the tickets. Oh yeah, the tickets. So very few people bought the the NFT ticket. Uh, many, m- most of them use the the credit card, which you know proves another point. Even crypto people find it still hard to use crypto crypto systems because that one, for instance, was that ticket was on XDAI, so Gnosis, the that chain. And even if you're in crypto, maybe you don't have enough of those. You have to go through a bridge and exchange them and whatever. You know, you just put your credit card and you're done. So we're not there yet for the, those kind of things. And um, so we we decided to give an NFT ticket to mint tickets for everybody there. And anybody who, who shares um, a wallet will get the ticket as a, as a memory, as a souvenir for, for the the conference and some people paid less some people paid more because it wasn't a bounding curve so we, we're gonna give more airdrops to people who paid more and less to people who, who, who paid less so the the web tree ticket turned out to be uh interesting but not successful because there was the the easier alternative maybe in a future one uh we're gonna give as only opportunity the 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 nft but i'm sure that's gonna you know kill sales for sure so let's see um, and now i understand why other crypto conferences are not doing that probably <laughs> it's just a it's just an extra hassle but still again when you reach a certain critical mass it's going to be much easier to use nfts than than credit cards staying on the subject of the ticket um the the sponsorship um for for a long time it was only done by the first company my ibiza estate then I myself uh, sponsored it. So I, I paid, I think, $720 um, by replacing the $500 of the first one. So my bids, I stayed, got the money back. I paid $720 for my own company, which is Web3 Consultancy, adormo.com. And then these hotels in, uh, in Tuscany, they, oh, they replaced me by paying even more. They paid $864, and now the NFTs have, as a sponsor, the Bertini Hotels Group, TLLT. And I have to admit, I just realized what TLLT is. This is Traveler Loot and Little Traveler, um, because in Italy, Limited is SRL, and I thought it was something like that. Now, Just right now, I realized this was... Uh, a reference to the Traveler Loot and the Little Traveler, with which they are experimenting a lot. Always thanks to their consultant, Federico Nati, who today is probably the most advanced consultant in the world about web train travel, doing actual things in a really decentralized manner. So really congratulations to him. Uh, I remember meeting Federico a few years ago. It was before COVID in Florence uh, during a trips workshop in which he, he didn't know anything about it. And then when we explained you know, the basics of web tree, I can remember seeing his face like, you know, really surprised. I said, my God, guys, this is what we've been waiting for for years, the real disintermediation, you know, because the whole travel industry 
came online, it went from offline to online dreaming about, uh, you know, skipping the middleman. Um, the internet was promising, we're going to do things in a decentralized way, peer-to-peer, etc. And today we are basically working for Booking.com. You know what I mean? It didn't turn out well. And, and as I said before in the episode, this is because the internet didn't have the trust capabilities. Didn't Trust was not a, a function of the internet. Uh, and with Web3, trust can actually be, be, be managed by the internet itself. So maybe this is the time we, we get decentralization. Sorry, we get uh, disintermediation. And yeah, we, we ended the conference and we stayed there talking for a little while with, with people. Then we went out to eat and then slowly fizzed out and the conference was gone. And the next day we had our, the, the, the bigger one. Um, yeah, that was it. Now, um, what can I say more about that? Yeah, we lost money. Uh, we probably costed us about a couple of thousand of, of, of euros. Um, you know, the difference between costs and the sales, um, which, which was already something we, we were ready. We were, we planned for that. Uh, maybe we're going to sell the, the registration. Maybe you can, some people asked us, they said, I cannot come, but can I buy access to the video? And yeah, we decided to make video, uh, to, you know, to, to make some marketing for the future. Maybe we're going to charge for that. Who knows? And we're going to get a, a bit of money back. But that's not the issue. You know, the, the, the treasury trips is, is mostly airdrops. Uh, so we, we have money. It's, it's a pity to spend it now because we are in a bear market and all, all those tokens we got are really cheap right now. So we'll see what to do. We have time for that. Um, what else? So we are now collecting the, the addresses of people who were there. Then we're going to do the airdrops. Yeah, we have already been invited to do another one, to present another one like this in Barcelona in, um, in May next year. We may also decide to do the same thing with the Vacation Rental World Summit, even you know, if, if Antonio wants. And that will be also in Barcelona in October. So, so we'll see. Um, when they asked me this before, I was saying, let's see how this goes. But now I definitely think there's a lot of value here. Now, other than the conference, that was another of those moments in which you can spend time together um, with the, the guys from TRIPS. We are a very co- cohesive group in the sense that we, we, we know each other now. We've been knowing for a while. Uh, very independent-minded, all of us. There's no cult, you know, cult, cult here. It's like everybody has completely different ways, some people, different ideas. Some people are more like Bitcoin-oriented. Others are more like traders. It's, it's really, even for me, um, interesting to be amongst those people. I'm always, I'm always learning. And then the, the fact that we could be together with other people from the industry also helped. Um, maybe we should do something a bit longer in which we actually spend time. One thing I always like to do uh, is to spend a couple of days in a house all together, maybe do the conference in the house, um, maybe open to other people. But the, these times between the, the main events, you know, when you go out for dinner or wake up in the morning to have breakfast or, you know, just waiting for stuff to happen and you speak, these um, often are the most, the most precious. And COVID killed that. Um, even if now we've been able to do this, you know, we, we could have organized some, some meetup. We haven't. That was our first one. 
So yeah, it reminded me very clearly we need to meet in in real life and we need to spend a, a couple of days together. So at least one night in a house you know, on a weekend together. Um, that could be something we do open to other people too. Now that you know we we are reaching a bit more people, we could do this abroad. Who knows? Uh, there's definitely a lot of value in this historical moment to actually meet because this is what creates the community. And I'm not talking about just like this, you know, everybody is calling themselves communities right now, but it really becomes a community when you when you meet um, in real life. So I'm sure there's going to be more of that. that we have a, a harsh winter coming in, in Europe, as it looks. So meeting um is is certainly going to to make things uh to make this this winter a bit more more pleasant yeah another thing i forgot the um, there was a poip pop you know uh, these nfts which prove uh, you've been there proof of attendance um i don't know what we're gonna do with that i think we should because you get them when you when we scan your ticket so yeah, we're gonna give tickets to people and maybe find a way to scan them or maybe we can do a, a call with video call and, and we scan them so you get the the pop and that's certainly something nice to do yeah it was fun after that to receive um a message from Gianfranco Mercado he's uh, one of the two guys who came from uh, from Barcelona uh, they are from Hospitalidad Emprendedora which is a a podcast uh, plus, they have a like a school for web train travel. Uh, so really, to the point, they, they they told us they're gonna help us if we do anything in Barcelona. He sent me a pop-up which uh, proves that I met him, which is really fun. I didn't know these things existed. So now I have in my wallet a pop-up which confirms I met him. Uh, so we could do something similar, like you met Luca De Giglio, get get your pop-up, you have it on your kind of curriculum it, it's fun I, I don't say this is like something which needs to be done or is important but it's certainly certainly interesting that, that there's a way to uh, easily prove that you met a certain person i'm sure that if you meet important people in the future maybe that helps you getting a job or in, in any other way it's, it's like linkedin but linkedin like more uh, provable um so probably much more powerful We'll see, we'll see how this goes, but that, that was interesting to see. What else? Yeah, one thing was fun with the coffee station. So we, we, mm, we pay this, this local catering company to you know, have coffee and water, basically, for people. And at the beginning, I told them we we're going to put this table outside. So if you want a coffee, you could just go outside, drink the coffee, whatever. Sometimes you want get, to get out and speak with people, get some air, etc. And then it turned out that there was going to be inside the room. The room was, was small. And I was afraid that it was going to be noisy. So we, we had a discussion with those people. We wanted to move it out. Then we decided to hide the coffee during the speech, speeches, etc. And then it turned out it was just enough to cover the table with, uh, with a blanket. And it, it worked out. And since it was quiet, we removed the, the blanket at a certain point, And then somebody made a big noise. And the third eye was one of ours. It made the, the bubble fall down. I don't know what. Anyway. Uh, it is it is not easy to organize such a small conference, so I cannot even begin to imagine the difficulty in organizing a big one. Um, but again, it was it was really really great. I'm grateful to everybody who, who came as, as a speaker, who came as a um, as public, and the the trips the guys from Trips Community who helped. 
And this not being a company, not being a startup, nobody's getting paid. It's not even a, like an association. It was just people who want to make something nice happen. This was a really, in my opinion, a, a huge success. And also the proof that we are, you know, as individuals, we can find ways to coordinate uh, successfully out of the usual frameworks, which are like companies and associations, etc. So great, uh, great week. Uh, it's over now. We are in, you know, we had the high. Now we're going to have the low. So we need to plan something new um, at, at every level, at the protocol level, something we can build. And also another conference or, or something like some workshops. So now my brain is just, you know, looking at ahead and, and trying to see what, what, what we can do. And, you know, we have to do it even better. So. Let's see what comes out of this. And any feedback, of course, is appreciated. And well, till next time. All right. This is the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. For more insights on Web3, follow me on Twitter at TripLuca, T-R-I-P-L-U-C-A. And see you next time.